Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. But I do, but I do believe that this is a, a really significant time for us as our church family. So this is probably as excited as you're going to get from me. <laughs> my, my hope today is, um, is to share with you in the clearest way we can, Viv and I can, our sense and God's leading and his guidance for this coming, coming season, this coming, coming year ahead. Uh, and so at times we may say certain things as a church family. So um, this is almost like a, a, imagine you're in a lounge and we're just sort of chewing the fat and we're just talking about some of the things that we're, we've, got, uh, we've got some thoughts about this, this, next, uh, this next coming year. All, all, since we started the church, all Phil and I have been trying to do is trying to listen to what Jesus has been saying and just simply obey what he's saying. And, but then also try to figure out how this is all going to work. And right from the start, we we've just said we're going on this we're going on this adventure. Would you join us into the unknown? And again, I feel like this is another time for us as a church where uh, today, hopefully, would you join us in this adventure? We don't know where we're going, but we know that we're just being uh, we're obedient to what Jesus is saying. Uh, today, as I, as I talk, it might be that you want to be thinking about your individual call, calling, the things that God has placed in you, your, your natural talents, the things, your, the things that God has only given for you to, to bring to planet Earth or for you and your, your communities. And so for Viv and I, we believe that we've heard from God as far as we're able to. And what we're sharing is probably God. And again, we're, we're just inviting you as a church family to discern it for yourself. Uh, and over these next few weeks, the number of different people are going to share just some things that we, we just feel uh, the Lord, Lord has for us. Uh, uh, I wanted to ground some of this in scripture. And as a new follower of Jesus, I started um, sixth form, my A-levels. And I wanted to study RE. I thought that would be a good, good sort of early early years of my sort of Christian walk to, to do an A-level in RE. And one in the syllabus was the book of John. And we, we studied for two years the book of John. And it's a treasure to me. It's a treasure in the kingdom of God. And I just want to encourage you, if you haven't started reading the Bible in a year, or if you're considering where to start reading, the Gospel of John is a fantastic uh, gospel. What it does for me, it describes the mystery out of the identity and character of Christ. There are some phrases and some nuances in, in John's Gospel which uncovers some, the mystery of, of Jesus, his identity and his character. And so I wanted to look at a particular uh, chapter this morning. I, I've, I've got a grandiose title, and uh, forgive me, uh, I'm trying to, be, trying to create some hype. Um, <laughs> abundance through obedience. And uh, I believe that's some of what God wants to, to speak over some of you uh, today and, and for this next season. Uh, so we're going to look at John chapter 1, verse 1 to 13. Fantastic story found just after Jesus was resurrected and he, he begins appearing 
to individuals and, and his disciples. And uh, we're going to read, read the story. If you don't have a Bible, uh, please take one. Where you see the, the kind of fancy lights, there's some, uh, there's some Bibles there. There's also some paraphernalia uh, over there about some of, the, some of the things of the church. But grab a Bible with our compliment. Okay, let's read. John chapter 1, chapter 21. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Simon Peter said, I'm going to fish. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realise that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they probably shouted back. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. <laughs> then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he'd taken it off, and then jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire burning, fire burning coals there with a fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with it, so many, with e but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, he took the bread, gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. It's the word of God, it's absolutely true, and it was given to you and me in love. Um, as we look at, um, at the, this story, it's a picture about what God has done uh, for us, for Viv and I, and for me, over and over and over again. Um, this particular story I've been sort of chewing over for, for a couple of months. There are certain... Uh, certain scriptures which come alive and as you meditate on them, as you read them and think about them and ponder them, uh, they get more and more uh, alive and real. And so the last couple of months I've been particularly thinking and interested in this, this particular piece of scripture. And it's kind of what, what I feel like God has done for, uh, for me and for Viv as we've just sought to follow Jesus, leading, uh, watching him as he's building his church in this part of South London. Um, this isn't a South, South London church, so I've lost where I'm going. Um, so as I've been thinking about this particular chapter, this particular portion of scripture, for me it's an easy three point plan. It's an easy division of labour, if, you know, if you know what I mean. Jesus speaks, we respond. He leads, we follow. And uh, he gives direction and we give our devotion to him. 
uh, in 2015 when we started uh, this church, our simple vision was to bring life to Balaam and beyond. And our vision it still, ex uh, still continues to seek to be the best church for our community. And through, as Bill said earlier, through your generosity, through your faith and through your obedience, we've launched various projects and ministries. Uh, and what we've done is we've just sought to make our doors as open and wide as possible for anyone. And when I mean anyone, I mean anyone. Yeah. Uh, and so the last few years, these that you and I have been part of it, we've also had homeless people here. We've had lords and ladies uh, uh, here. We've had prostitutes and strippers walking here. We've had heterosexual, bisexual, gay, single, married, divorced. We've had wealthy people here, people who we've given a food bank voucher to. Uh, we've had the agnostic here. Oh, you're so welcome. If you're just thinking about faith, uh, uh, you're well. We've had atheists here. We've had doubting Thomases, like you and I. We've also had the demonized, who too have been welcomed here. Because this is what Jesus would be like. Anyone's welcome to Jesus. And our message is very, very simple. Come as you are and be transformed by Jesus. Yeah. It's a simple two-point plan. Open the doors, be transformed. And so we're calling people, we're calling people of all kinds of uh, 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 behaviours, sexualities, uh, thinking, uh, people who've been uh, faith for years, people who've just started walking with Jesus. And we've just said, come and join us as we bring life to Balaam and beyond. And uh, your, your, your mission is to everyone, every day, extending the kingdom of God. And um, so last year, 2016, Christmas, two years ago, um, we felt as though we'd heard the voice of Jesus say, we are to now become one church in many places. And so we changed our name uh, and we to reflect this mission. And this morning, as we were saying, our Batsy side team are preparing to launch next week. Amazing. The same culture, the same vision, the same values in another location. What seemed utterly ridiculous three years ago, <laughs> even a year ago, even <laughs> last week, um, <laughs> is coming to pass and we're just listening to the voice of Jesus and being, being obedient. If you're visiting us today, and or maybe you've just begun to join us, maybe you're thinking about hitching your boat to ours. Uh, you may look around and see, you know, we've got banners, we've got coffee, we've got great pastries. Everything looks fine. I mean, we've got TV screens. It all looks, it all looks like a big corporation. Um, for us, it feels a bit like Jenga. We're kind of moving pieces and we're placing them precariously and we're, uh, we're having to create new groups all the time and so we're, we're launching leaders and we're taking people who are doing one thing and we're going, would you help us over here? Uh, and what we're not doing is building this great big empire, but we want to build a flat, wide empire, not empire. <laughs> um, it's a bit it's just just like Jenga um, 
but most of us, the reality is, the reality, if you've been around uh, for the last few years, the reality is it's a stretch in time. It's been a real stretch for us. Jesus has stretched us. Uh, I, I want to say I used to be a control freak. Um, uh, but I, I'm totally out of control uh, these last few years. I've got no control. What's happening in Batsy at the moment, I have no control over. I've got no... Uh, and Jesus is stretching us and he's challenging us. Um, let's be honest, we're thin in so many places. You can see daylight. We're so thin. Uh, people are stretched. Our kit is stretched. Our teams are stretched. Money is very stretched. Over the last six months, our income has been less than our outgoing. And we estimate the Battersea site will cost about 25 to 30,000 pounds a year just to create a new site. Um, so all of the kind of the banners and things like that, it kind of looks okay, but we're stretched. Um, and sometimes this, this chapter, it just reminds me that sometimes we've been fishing the way we've always done. And for you as an individual, have you noticed that we do the same thing and we get the same results? Yeah. We do the same mistakes and we, we come before God again and go, help me with that same, same issue, God. Uh, but sometimes the good thing, like the disciples here, what they were doing was good, but it wasn't God. Hmm. And so what we want to do is rely and be obedient on, on God's voice. So let's go back to the story. Peter and the other disciples seem to be doing, as I said, what's right in their eyes. And the stories in the chapter reveal that Jesus is bringing his disciples, and particularly Peter, more completely under his lordship. And we feel like this is a, a word and a challenge and a, and a word from God for us as a, as a church, but also as for individuals that we are to be more completely under his, his lordship, that he is the chief, the captain, the boss, the coach of our lives. Uh, and what we see here is the disciples, as they go fishing, they don't really know what to do. They, so they just do what they've done before. And lots of the theologians have sort of guessed why have they gone fishing? Uh, why do they choose to go fishing? And my, my hunch is that lots of different... Lots of different thoughts that theologians have. My, my personal hunch is uh, when they first got called by Jesus, they, most of them were fishermen. When they first received that call, most of them were fishermen. And so they were, well, let's try that. Maybe we'll get clarity if we just go fishing. And this is what I believe the simple truth is, that when we're uncertain what to do, we should just ask for Jesus' help. We should just go before Jesus and ask him, be obedient and trust that God will guide us. And so verse 3, maybe if we can get that scripture on the... Verse, verse 3. Um, um, they catch nothing. They, uh, they, try to do, they try to do it on their own and they catch nothing. This is the graphic portrayal of barrenness. Uh, they've done what they thought was right, but they experienced this utter failure. I believe also that this prepares them to learn one of the greatest, le some of the greatest lessons in discipleship, which is apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Jesus taught them this lesson before, uh, 
And again, never in the Gospels do the disciples catch fish without Jesus' help. Every time they go fishing, Jesus helps them to, to catch more fish. But again, like they haven't worked out the lesson, they need the lesson repeated. And so the turning point comes um, when Jesus is described as simply standing there. I love that. There's so many times where suddenly he appears. There's no description on the arrival of the spot. There's no, this is how we got there. There's no mention of how did he get the fish or the bread? Where did that come from? Or the coal? Or how did he light the fire? It's just suddenly it's there. It sounds like this mysterious Jesus. And I love this in verse 5. And Jesus says, friends, haven't you any fish? It's kind of like a negative, it requires a negative answer. Uh, of course Jesus knows they haven't called. Um, he, knows the, he knows the answer. And the, the disciples here just they go, no, we haven't, we haven't called them. And then he says to them, this, there's a few commands that he says in, in the scripture here. And then the first one is, throw your net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. I kind of think, or well, maybe it's a suggestion. Try, try the right hand side. He doesn't say try over here and you might find some. He doesn't offer, offer them a suggestion, he gives them a promise. He directs them where they can, where they can find fish. And so in verse 6, they cannot, they cannot uh, haul in the fish because there's so, so many things there. This, this thing about abundance, I, wanna, I just want to grab onto. When they obey, um, it reminds me of this uh, echo of the, the abundance and the provision of Jesus. Do you remember earlier in, in John's Gospel, in chapter 2, the wedding of Cana? And he provides great wine and the abundance of wine. Uh, remember the feeding of the 5,000, which is found in chapter 6 of, uh, of John. There's too much. There's, the, there's an abundance of food. I often think about the little boy in that story who present, who's got his lunch and he gives it to Jesus. I, I wonder where that little boy was. A bit like worship today. The little boy, I just want to be in the presence of God. I just want to be near God, as close as I can to God. And you see all the children getting as close to God, as close to worship as they can. They kind of, <laughs> um, the kids enjoyed it. I'm sure the mums and dads didn't have quite that same thrill. <laughs> But I often think about that little boy, and I wonder what his eyes were like as more and more bread and fish were multiplying. His eyes just got wider and wider and wider. Earlier in John, as Jesus is resurrected, <coughs> we see that Mary recognised Jesus when he called her name. When he suddenly said his, her, her name, she recognised Jesus. The disciples recognised him uh, through his wounds. And we have Dalton Thomas recognising Jesus through his wounds. Now he's recognised through the abundance. Now he's recognised through this abundant God. Mm. And I, I just want to say, uh, abundance comes through obedience to his word. Abundance comes through obedience to his word. Um, and Peter, verse 7, he trusts the witness of the beloved disciples and so he wraps himself with the outer garment there's some theories that he was probably naked fishing it was a lot easier to fish when you're naked 
Um, it's a bit weird. But, um, <laughs> so he wraps himself in the outer garment, maybe a loincloth, and, and he just jumps in. Uh, and this is one of my favourite uh, portions of scripture at the moment. Chapter, uh, verse 9. We see Jesus is there and he's just cooking. The disciples noticed uh, the charcoal fire, the bread and the fish. They're already prepared. And I love this about Jesus. The Lord has already prepared breakfast for them. He, he takes their basic human needs. They're, they're starving. And he just provides breakfast for them. Just this another sign of, of uh, this mysterious God who, who knows our needs. And so, verse 10, the first one uh, to say, he just says to them, bring some fish. Let's do this together. Just going back to the feeding of the 5,000. Um, in this scene, he already has food. Um, sorry, in the feeding of the 5,000, he's, he's given food. Now there's the transition, because he's now resurrected, that he, there's this partnership. He has some food and he partners with our, with our, with who we are. Peter hauls up the fish as we, as we read. But there's no description of what is done with those fish. There's no, they were adding to the charcoal fire. Um, but what we get here is this scene in verse 12 where they're all a bit nervous to ask, who, who are you? They probably know it, but they're, they're nervous about who is who is this mysterious one? And he, he just answers their unasked questions by breaking the bread and sharing uh, the food. And it's a fantastic story about Jesus, who he is to you and to this church. The the master who commands also serves them. Continuing this theme about Jesus that he's the one that serves them. And so as I just come into land, I just wanted to finish with some of our thoughts on this next, uh, this next season, just based on what I believe the Lord is saying. Um, we bringing life to, the, to our city is the task of everyone. And the church hasn't fulfilled our mandate until the city experiences life. That's what I believe. This is my hype. <laughs> Uh, I believe that instead of us thinking about individual transformation, which is fantastic, um, we want to have a gospel big enough for the city. Yeah. Mm. We want to have a gospel that transforms the unbiased, the greatest city in the world, yes. Yes. probably the most influential city in the world. It's got every nation in this yeah. world. So if this city can be transformed, what else could happen? Yeah. Bringing life to to the city and beyond. And uh, what we've always said is that uh, we move beyond the building and we give our life just like Jesus, compassionately, gener generously, and I just want to say creatively. I believe that this, this next year we want to we wanna be more creative. That doesn't mean flags. <laughs> let, me just, let me just please say that. Creativity to me doesn't just mean flags, uh, all flags. Um, 
but it does mean that we bring colour and life to our city and our community. So if all it means is we get an easel in our worship, that's, that, doesn't mean, that, that doesn't fulfil it to me in terms of creativity. We want to bring life and creativity. And, so we're, and that comes through dance, that comes through songs, that comes through uh, acting, that comes through uh, bringing life to creative community. And we, we want to move beyond our building uh, to uh, re- relentlessly leading our city into life. That's, that's the vision. And we play a tiny bit, uh, play a tiny part in a big tapestry of God for our city. Okay, our church and the church of the future will be, we want to move from doing evangelism to leading yeah. our city into life. Many times we've confused this bringing life with, let's take our cities for God. Let's take our cities for God. The, the pagan world needs to be taken. Uh, I believe one of the answers is found here, that we serve and we're generous to our, our community. And our focus is not to win people for Jesus or lead people to Jesus, but instead we want to love people with Jesus. We don't go for or to, we go with Jesus to love, to love people. And we allow his glorious, generous life that he's given to us to spill out, everyone, everywhere. Uh, he says, in him is life and life to the full. And expect our church to wash the feet of the city. John 13, expect our church to be, to serve people and to serve our communities. Okay, last one. Possibly. Um, um, some of the things that we want to move, move towards, uh, not that we move, but we just have a, a slight change in emphasis. We want to move from renewing individuals to releasing power on the streets. Um, expect the breaking in of God's kingdom wherever you are. It's not just confined to a building, it's wherever, wherever you are. Uh, and I, we, will, we have, and you've probably heard this before, we constantly encourage you, take what you have here out in the streets. Mm-hmm. Take what you have here into your workplaces, into your schools. Do whatever it takes to get among the people and God will, will keep giving you more. Giving away what God has begun to give to you multiplies what you've already been given. The, the power that we have wasn't... I don't think Jesus died for Sunday services. I don't think he died for worship nights. I don't think he sacrificed himself uh, for pastries and coffee or that we could have a good experience at church. He died so that we could release power. We have all authority that's given to him and we're to go and heal the sick. Change our communities. Um, And so expect us uh, to have some divine initiatives that we've been asking for. Divine invitations that that will testify to God's great power. As we fling wide the doors, as we go out into the streets, We're inviting people into the presence of God, 
but also come and see his power. And I, and I think it's time for us to um, know the power that we've got inside of us. And uh, Jesus can release Whether we feel like it or not. Uh, it's, an, it's an ironic statement I'm saying. The last two or three months I've been fairly ill. And uh, I've, as someone who loves healing people, being involved in healing, uh, I remember a few years ago I, I damaged my ankle playing football. And I was, I don't even know if I had a crutch or I was hobbling. And as I was walking past the lady, I felt as though God had said that she had pain in her ankle as well. And so I hobble up to her. <laughs> and I said, hi, um, this is going to sound a bit weird, um, but I, do, you have a, do you have pain in your ankle? And she said, yeah, how do you know? And I said, well, I just think God, God I, I'm a Christian, I follow Jesus, and sometimes God speaks to me. And um, I feel like you might have a pain in your ankle. And uh, she got healed. <laughs> she got healed. And she went, and she was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm still praying. <laughs> I'm still praying. And so uh, the last couple of months, I've been fairly ill. Uh, and I believe that this year is a time for healing. It's a year for healing and to demonstrate God's power. Even though... Uh, I'm, uh, I'm in recovery and I'm trying to rest kind of um, uh, and I, I really feel like um, this is something that we want to invest in as a church um, John Tyson, a great uh, Australian church planter who's based in a church in New York he, he tweeted this this week if you don't believe in spiritual warfare you should plant a church wow, yeah <laughs> absolutely um, and so I want to, uh, the last thing I want to do is just prophesy over this coming year. Just like the, the scripture here, it's a year of abundance for some of you. It's an abundance in your relationship with God. It's an abundance in many of you overcoming anxiety and depression. It's an abundance in your freedom over sexual sins, freedom over addictions, freedom over anger and offence towards people. And I just want to prophesy an increase in the supernatural. Mm. With God, there's no natural supernatural. There's no divinity. We, we kind of box ourselves in sometimes, don't we? We go, okay, Sunday is supernatural. Uh, I've got some spreadsheets I need to do. That's, not, that's just natural. I've, I've got to do that. I've got this business plan I need to create. With God, there's no division between natural and supernatural. It's all supernatural. Mm. And I just want to prophesy an increase of the supernatural, just like Jesus. Suddenly, suddenly Jesus appears. Miracles, healings. I want to prophesy cancer being healed. And just like the fish, more people coming to the Lord. And again, being transformed by Jesus. Okay, so we're going to just give some words of knowledge uh, to people and let's see... uh, who God wants to heal. Terence, will you come join me? Uh, so we've just been asking, Terence and I've just been asking God, uh, just for some simple phrases or words or things that Jesus wants to heal today, specifically. And I had this whole thing of the gut, that there's some, some someone here or some people here, you've got some issues with, with your gut or uh, just some of the... the um, 
uh, the effects of, uh, not pain in your gut, but the, the effects on the lining of the gut, but just some kind of issues that you might have in the, in the gut. Um, uh, I said to Viv, uh, I feel like there's someone here with uh, problems with their Achilles heel. And she said, yeah, that's me. That, like, <laughs> I was just looking that up yesterday. Um, but if anyone's got any pain in their Achilles heel at the moment, um, we'd, love to, we'd love to pray for you. Um, even before Steve gave the message, I didn't know what he'd be talking about, but uh, just this sense of God's been putting a risk on you to take some risks and the word venture uh, so that might be a business venture, it might be taking a risk on yourself as far as a career change, uh, or even going for a promotion, um, but you may need some capital. So there's that idea of, I need some capital to invest in this this thing, God. So him just saying, go for it, the capital will come. Mm. Um, also lung issues, it might just be that you have a chest infection, or maybe you have asthma or something with, with the chest, with the lungs. Also, the name Heidi. I don't know if anyone here is Heidi, or you have a good friend named Heidi, or someone in your family, but that they just need prayer. Um, also, uh, this isn't for you, Emily, but I just had this phrase M. Is there another? Is there another Emily or another M? Uh, God just wants to uh, just to highlight you today as a as someone that He loves, someone that He treasures. Uh, uh, is there anyone here called M or Emily? Um, if any of those words mean anything to you, would you do me a favour? I, I don't want to embarrass you, but would you just stand up? Any of those uh, uh, words of knowledge or things that Terence has shared, would you just stand up? And uh, we're, we're all going get, to get involved. So any of those words of knowledge apply, apply to you. Would you stand up? So, if you, uh, what we're going to do is going to invite the worship team to come. Uh, but if you are around, have to just have a look around, turn around, and would you just go to those people? Uh, women pray for women, guys pray for guys. Would you just go to those people and ask them what would you like Jesus to do for you today? And then begin pray for them, and um, and then we'll just see what else the Lord the Lord wants to do. So, why don't the rest of us? Uh, Stand and as we worship God, but why don't we just pray for those people who are already standing? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.